Amen. Praise the Lord. Did you do it? Did you receive the blessing? Did you say amen just once? Because Joy always says twice. Amen. Amen. So you got to get it. Got to get it right. Got to get it. Got to get it twice. By the way, um, uh, I don't. I don't know if Joy knows this or not. I think she does. But Auburn's not the only team that lost yesterday. Just, just mentioning. Just Bama. Bama went down too, right? So we're all in. We're all. We're all hurting uh, on this Sunday morning, and some hurt so much that they don't even come to church. Uh, Joy. Joy called me the other day and said that she had a book idea that. Um, that, uh, that she was going to write a book on reverse psychology. And then she told me the title is, is Don't Buy It. <laughs> Don't buy this book. So, so I, I was wondering if that would work in church. Like, don't sit in these seats right here. Like, these are reserved. Nobody in them. Don't you dare do it. Now, did you enjoy I, We had fun last night. Um, I'm so tired from playing that football game, so, so worn out. Uh, we we kind of watch football the way Cadillac Williams coaches it, you know, we're just we're back and forth and <sighs> down there. I don't know if you watched the game or not, but all, all worn out. Uh, uh, I, you know, I grew up um, a Redskins fan, and uh, they're, you know, sadly no more. Uh, the Redskins have been killed. They're, they're done for. Um, but, but man, we had good times watching it, and we'd get excited, and we'd yell, and jump, and throw things, and I remember one time I got so wound up, I like grabbed one of our chairs, and I picked it up, and I slammed it down on the floor, and, and my dad rebuked me. He said, that, he said, now we get excited, but that, that's enough right there. That's, that's a little too much, uh, but I remember first time I was um, watching an Auburn game, uh, Joy and I were dating, and I, I got the... Uh, the privilege of watching an Auburn game uh, with, my, with my father-in-law and my brother-in-law. Then we were sitting there watching the game, and my father-in-law was just sitting there nice and calm, and, and they did something, and he just yelled and stood up and fussed, and I looked at him, and I was like, yeah, I like this guy. I fit right in. So we had a good time watching the game last night, but, but I'm exhausted, uh, and Auburn went down. Even though Mississippi State tried to give us that thing, we still went down. Bama went down too. Um, but anyway, that has really nothing to do with, I just, just needed to get some stuff off my chest, you know. <clears throat> uh, praise the Lord. It is, it's good to laugh in church, isn't it? I think scripture says laughter actually doeth good like a medicine. Uh, and that we should be people filled, filled with joy. Uh, and, uh, and that's one of the things that being in Christ brings to us, a fullness of joy. I, I should get going, though, because I would like to, um, if we have time, I would really love, I'm just going to go ahead and warn you so you're prepared for it, I would really love for us to gather up front for a few moments at the end of the service and just pray, pray with one another and, and pray together. So I'm going to try to get us there, forewarning you that I'm going to ask you to do that. Um, okay, so let's get started then. Uh, I want to continue our conversation that we've had the last several weeks about, just, just one more time this Sunday, about, um, about knowing uh, Jesus. 
Uh, and, and we have uh, taken kind of an interesting journey uh, in this conversation uh, that, that has led us to Ephesians 4. And I want to I go back to Ephesians 4 and push a little further than we did uh, last Sunday. Uh, and, and I'm going to give um, several, so if, if, you're, if you're like a, a big note taker, I'm going to give six, uh, six uh, ideas uh, that, you can, that you can write down if you love uh, taking notes. Uh, um, we're, so, so we're going to get there. Um, let me, before we do that, just remind you of what is said uh, in John chapter 6. I think this is such a it's such a powerful uh, truth, powerful statement. We didn't, we didn't remind, we didn't remember it, uh, we didn't highlight it, uh, however I should say that, um, last Sunday, so let's do it again this Sunday. John chapter 6, verse 25. We'll read these and then we will, then we will jump back to Ephesians uh, chapter 4. If, if you remember what we've discovered uh, in, in our journey of knowing Jesus is that, is that he is a giver. Now that doesn't surprise anyone. We already pretty much know this, that he's, that he's a giver uh, and, uh, and that he has given gifts uh, to us, that he has given gifts to the church. The, the gift that we highlighted that may have been a surprise, I don't know if it was or not, but it may have been, that we discover in Ephesians 4 is, is the gift of one another. The gift of, of brothers and sisters in Christ. The gift of gifted saints given to each other. We are actually a gift from Christ to uh, one another. Um, so I, I want to get back to that and just explore that a little bit further. But let's remember what happens here uh, in John chapter 6. Verse 25 says, when they found him on the other side of the lake, uh, they asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill, because he had just uh, fed the 5,000 and done that incredible miracle. And so now the, now the people are running after him wherever, you know, wherever he is trying to find him because, because of that. Um, continuing on. Jesus says this, he says, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life. So it's, it's not that we're not to work, but, it's, but there's something else that we're to work for other than food that spoils. You know, connect this to Matthew 6, don't lay up treasure on earth that's going to perish, uh, lay it up in heaven where it's going to uh, endure. Don't, don't, don't work for food that spoils but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man uh, will give you. So, so in just a moment, what I'd like for us to work towards uh, is, is, uh, is unity in our relationships, uh, togetherness, a, a connecting of brothers and sisters in Christ. I think that's, I think that's food uh, that will endure for eternal life and going to produce food that will endure for eternal life. For... Uh, back, in, back in 27, for on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval on the Son of Man, on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Verse 28, then they asked him, uh, what must we do to do the works? Uh, remember, we highlighted the S there, works, plural, God requires. Good question, what must we do to do the works 
plural, that God requires, and Jesus answers the work, he, he singular, singulars it. Don't you love my communication skills? Mm. <laughs> the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. It's a powerful statement, a life-giving statement, a freeing statement, where Jesus answers, he, he, he's, he's one of those times where he gives a really clear answer to the question that's asked, instead of telling some parable. I, I, I love when you come upon those in scripture where, where Jesus is asked a question and Jesus goes off in this, in this weird rant and you're like, what? How does that answer that question? Uh, but, but here he just says, here, here's the work. It's not, it's not works, it's just work that God has for us. It's to believe in the one he has sent. And we've been saying here that everything else flows out of that. that. That when we get this right, the work of believing in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that that, that leads to all the other work that he has for us and called us to do and that, and that lays up treasure uh, in heaven. It's, it's the work uh, of not... not intellectually acknowledging Christ or, or believing in Him. But, but it's the work of a believing in Him that leads us to a, to a trusting in Him, a surrendering ourselves to Him, and, and an, an eter- eternal journey of growing to know Him for who He truly is, and an eternal, uh, re- covenant, eternal covenant relationship with Him. Knowing Christ Jesus for who he truly is, is what God has called us to. It's the work that he's called us to. And, uh, and if you remember weeks ago now, um, we, we made this statement. I, I may get it wrong. I'm thinking about it from my own memory as well. But, but it was something like this, that if, you, that if you begin with Jesus and you end with Jesus... And Jesus is everything in between, you're going to be all right. Everything's going to be okay. So in our journey of knowing Jesus, we have, we have come to Ephesians. We've moved into Ephesians uh, 4. And we have discovered that there he is a giver, that he gives gifts. And there is this clear gift of the gift of one another that he has given to us and that and that gift brings about some very interesting statements. Um, I'm going to read it. I'll just read Ephesians four. I'll start at verse one. Ephesians four one because uh, it's just so good. Take a coffee break, man. I'm hungry. Anybody else hungry? I'll try to get through this thing so we can get some lunch. Praise the Lord. Oh, one of those weird moods this morning. Pray for me, babe. Yeah, yeah, okay. You are? You're praying? Yes. <laughs> just state everything that comes to my mind. We'll just, we'll, we'll preach this morning and not filter anything. Everything that comes to my mind, I'm just going to say it. No, I'm kidding. I, maybe not, I just, I keep doing it. All right. Verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing 
with one another in love. Make every effort. So, so we're being completely humble. We're bearing with one another in love. And then we're going to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all, who is over all and through all and in all. He's all. But to each one of us, grace has been given just as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says when he ascended on high, he took captives uh, and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Don't you love Ephesians? So, so Christ himself gave uh, these gifts to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up. This is where, we're, this is where I'm saying we've been, we've been given as gifts. Uh, we've each one of us been given gifts, and then we've been given as gifts to one another. It's so important that we recognize the value of our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's so important that, that we uh, have the same attitude as David in Psalm 16 where he says, as for the saints who are in the land, they are the glorious ones in whom is all my delight. And he recognizes the value of the saints and the gift that they are to one another and says, I delight in the people of God. I delight in my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. He said, they are a gift. Jesus says, uh, Paul says, as, as he's being led along by the Holy Spirit, we're a gift to one another. We need one another. And we know that this lines up with the teaching and the preaching and the message and the training and the discipling of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He says, he says that this is going to happen to equip the people, the saints, for the work uh, of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Now it continues, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I do not understand this. I, I don't, I, I'm not going to pretend to explain it. But there is something powerful here that is taking place that happens when we come together, value each other, connect with one another, unite with one another, and, and spur one another on and build one another up and are together as the body of Christ. There is a unity that takes, faith, that takes place in the faith. There's, there's a... There's a a, 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 a lining up of right sound doctrine, a unity that happens in the faith where we are believing the right same things. This is what happens when, when your journey is to know Christ Jesus, your doctrine is going to be sound and right. Doctrine gets out of place when our eyes get off of Christ. 
But when our eyes are fixed on Jesus, doctrine ends up lining up right. We're going to come to unity and knowledge and, and in the knowledge of the Son of God. There is a, as, as Jesus is calling us to know himself, he is saying there's something, there's something about me that you will grow in knowledge of as you unite and connect and come together with one another. So, so in our work and journey of knowing Christ Jesus, one of the steps that we're taking is to know one another. And there's something about uniting and connecting and knowing one another that reveals him. I'm not saying I can explain it or understand it, but you are not going to grow in the knowledge of Christ and come to know him as he truly is by, by isolating yourself and rejecting the church, his church. It's not a... It's not a Single thing. It's a together thing. We do this together. If you, if you isolate yourself, reject the church, don't want anything to do with the church, then you are not going to grow to know Christ for who He is. It's a, it's, a, it's a revelation that comes from unity with the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Much like, much like is said uh, in Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3, there is the statement there that the love of God is so wide and long and high and deep that it surpasses knowledge. It surpasses understanding. But before that statement, it says that together with all the saints, we can know the love of God. So there's a together with the saints revelation that comes of the love of God that surpasses knowledge. That is, that is so wide and long and high and deep that it surpasses knowledge. But there's something about uniting together as brothers and sisters in Christ, recognizing our worth and value and the gift that one another, that, that we are to one another, that, that, that brings maturity, brings knowledge, brings faith and, and, and an increasing level. We, we will all reach unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Recognize that, that uh, my, uh, my tag on my shirt is, is driving my neck crazy. So maybe I am just saying everything this morning. Right? I'm just, that's not what I wanted you to recognize. I'm, I'm messing with it because it's driving my neck crazy. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. Hallelujah. We need to, we need to uh, recognize that we are to mature in Christ. And that doesn't come on our own. It comes through connection. The isolated Christian, island off by himself, is not going to mature in Christ. You say, that's quite a statement, Pastor. That's, I don't know, it's not mine. I think it lines up with what Paul says. Verse, verse 14. Let's hurry up. Come on. Why are you guys holding me back? Mm. Let's hurry up. Me hurry up. Then, after, after all this, then we will no longer be infants. And infants are tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. You want to recognize someone who is immature in Christ? Here you go. Every wind that comes along, they're moved by it. 
blown here and there, tossed by every wave of the sea and every deceitful little scheme that is planned by men and their deceitful scheming leads them astray. We've got to grow up out of that to maturity in Christ where we know who He is and we know what He's done and we know who we are in Him and we know what is right and just and true so we're not blown and tossed all over the place by every little by every little deception and temptation that the enemy brings along. That, that's not going to happen without connection with your brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head. That is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. See again how we need one another. See again how we need to be together. And it's when we are together, every supporting ligament, we need each and every one, and each and every one is needed. No, no one should say, no one should say, I am, I am of little value. We are all highly valued gifts to the body of Christ. Which part of our body do we want to do without? I highly value every part of my body. I'm very fond of my ears and my nose and my eyes. I like my head sitting right where it is, my hands. I love these things. They're great. I don't want to do without my thumb. Even though my ears stick out, I'm still fond of them. When I wear this mic, it really pushes this one out. Do you see that? I'm self-conscious. I'm, I'm committed to this, just saying whatever comes into my mind. Lord, help us. As each part does its work, the body connected grows and builds itself up in love. This means, this means several things. This means that, that we are, uh, are discipling that we are growing and maturing in Christ Jesus, which is what Jesus said to do, right? In, in, in Matthew, he said, he said, I want you to make disciples. We are, we are doing this, and this also means that we're reaching the lost, that we are witnessing and proclaiming Christ in our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, and people are are coming to know Jesus and are growing in Christ Jesus. And that happens together with, with everyone united, joined in love, doing their part, doing their work. Okay, continuing on. Verse, verse 17. So now, he's, so now he's stated all this. Now he's really going to give us relationship help. What we said last Sunday was not only has he given us the gift of one another, but he's given us the gift of possible togetherness. In Christ, relationship is possible. In Christ, unity is possible. In Christ, togetherness is possible. So, so now Paul is going to really help us. He says, so he, so he gets into it here. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. We're, we have, in Christ Jesus, been saved and changed and transformed. We've always got to remember this. 
and we are no longer of this world. We are of the kingdom of God. We are citizens in his kingdom. We are children in his household. We are kingdom people. Right? We do not, we do not uh, seek the things that the pagans do or the world does or the Gentiles do. We seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We no longer live as the world does. This is, the, this is one of the, the main struggles of the immature Christian is this still longing, desire, love for the things and ways of this world. In Christ, we are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives within me. And the life that I now live, uh, I live by faith in Christ Jesus. We're a new uh, creation. The old is gone. We no longer live as the Gentiles in the futility of their thinking. There is a a way that the world thinks. We don't think that way anymore. Right? It's Romans 12. Right? We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. We have a new mind in Christ Jesus. You might would say that in Christ... Those of us who are in Christ now have the mind of Christ. Could we say that? Should we say that? Absolutely. 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2.16, we have the mind of Christ. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. We now think like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as we grow in the knowledge of Christ, we grow to think more and more and to be in alignment with the mind of Christ. Going back to Ephesians. So we don't live anymore like like the Gentiles in the futility of their thinking Uh, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. All of that can shift and change if they'll come to Christ and put their faith and trust in Him. And we still live in the day where everyone who calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. But outside of Christ and rejecting Christ, that is their condition. This is their condition. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed, or uh, with a continual lust for more. Verse 20, that, however, is not the way of life you learned. That is not the way of life that we have come to know in Christ Jesus. When you heard about, when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds. The mind of Christ. A renewed mind. 
not thinking like the world does anymore in the futility of their thinking, but with a new mind, the mind of Christ, to be made new in the attitudes of your mind. So we're putting off old thinking, worldly thinking, and we are, we are uh, putting on the mind of Christ, if you will. And to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So he gives us this, this we're transformed speech. We've got a new mind, the mind of Christ. And now, starting in verse 25, he really, he really gives us a good look at what that looks like. At what this new mind uh, looks like. Let me, um, let me read down through this. Uh, I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to read down through it, and then we'll come back and just highlight, highlight some points. Uh, and, and look at the relationship here. Look at the togetherness here. Look at the unity. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are members of one body. In your anger, do not sin, and do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen." And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you." Do all those things, and you will work to build the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. You will be working to bring people together. You will be working to unite the church. You will be working to connect with your brothers and sisters in Christ and build up the body of Christ. All of these things are in, an, in, a, in alignment with the mind of Christ. They are completely opposite to the mind and thinking and ways of this world. So I've broken them down into, into six uh, think points. And I know it's six. I'm going to move through them though. Um, just a way to, to, to think about uh, these things. So backing up to verse 25, we see we see this. It says, Therefore each of you must, must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Here, here's what I'd like you to think here. Uh, think trust and being trustworthy. Not the way the world thinks. We're going to think, uh, how, can I, how can I be trustworthy? And I'm going to think, I trust you. The world, the world thinks, uh, how, can I, how can I use and manipulate? 
Um, and so then, so then because of that, the world thinks other people are trying to use and, manipul- and, and manipulate. So I'm not trying to be trustworthy and I'm not trying to trust anybody because they're trying to use and manipulate me. Trust is, is the glue that holds relationships together. And as the people of God, we make a choice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to trust you and I'm going to live to be trustworthy. I'm going to be somebody that you can trust. You know why, you know why God is so opposed to lying? Because, because when there's lying, there's no trust. It's one of the reasons. How could we trust him if he did not always speak the truth? But he does. And if we're going to unite together in life-giving relationships that grow us in Christ and build the body of Christ and are the desire of the Lord's heart. Right? When we look through Scripture, we see the desire of our Savior's heart. One of them is, is that we are united, that we are together. So we, so we think, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to and I'm going to be trustworthy. Second is, uh, as we continue to read verse 26, in your anger do not sin, and do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Think, think here, um, I'm going to be Holy Spirit-led, not selfish me led. I'm going to be Holy Spirit led, not selfish me led. Most, most of your anger that leads to sin uh, is coming out, out of your selfish desires and wants. Anger that doesn't lead to sin is, is that that's been led by the Holy Spirit. You know, tie up a whip and go into the temple and clear it out and declare my Father's house is a house of prayer. We want to be Holy Spirit-led and not, not self, selfish me-led. And when we do, the Holy Spirit is going to lead us to not give the devil a foothold. It's going to, it's going to lead us to, to recognize his deceptions and traps and to not stumble into those things, to not open the door and allow the enemy to come in and get any kind of foothold in our lives. So think Holy Spirit-led versus, uh, versus not, being, not being self-led. The world thinks, thinks of themselves, I'm leading myself. Um, everything is, is understood and defined through self. Uh, we lay all of that down. We are, we are Holy Spirit-led uh, people. Verse 28, uh, it's going it's to help you with, these are going to help you with relationships. Right, this is going to help you uh, in marriage. Like being Holy Spirit led is incredibly helpful in marriage. And the Holy Spirit's going to going to help you to shut your mouth when you should shut it, and to open it when you should open it, and to say you're wrong when you're wrong. Right? Why do, we can't do that in our flesh. Like for some reason, that is like the hardest thing to do, even though you know you're wrong. To say I'm wrong. Hey, hey, babe. I was wrong. That's the Holy Spirit leading right there. And, and for me, the Holy Spirit had to take Jason and tie him up and throw him in the corner 
for me to say, you know what, I was wrong. But when we're wrong, we should say we're wrong. And the Holy Spirit leads us to say we're wrong. And, and the Holy Spirit helps us to know that we're wrong. And by the way, if there's a fight, you were wrong. Right? You might not have been 100% wrong. You might only have been 10% wrong. But you were wrong. And just claim your 10% and say, I was wrong. The Holy Spirit helps us in this. It's going to be tremendously helpful for your marriage. And for all of your relationships. Because we have other highly valuable relationships. And they are with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we should not be foolish enough to think that we are always 100% right and never wrong. And the Holy Spirit leads us to understand when we're wrong and leads us to humbly go and admit it. I was wrong. I messed up. I failed. No excuses given. I blew it. Every now and then that happens even for me, you know? Awesome as I am, even for me. See, right now the Holy Spirit's working in my life, right? I'm, I'm joking, I'm kidding. I mean, not about the Holy Spirit working. We want to be Holy Spirit-led, not, not self-led. Uh, verse 28, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands so that they may have something to share with those in need. This is a powerful statement right here, right? It, it's, it's, don't think, don't think, get. Think, give. Don't think, don't think, what, what about me? What about mine? Get for me. Think, think like this. Give, bless, serve. How can I, how can I give? How can I bless how can I serve? How can I, how can I not, uh, what, what does Proverbs say? Proverbs 30, the, the leech. You know what a leech is? Right? It's a parasite. Locks onto you. Sucks your blood. And it sucks and sucks and sucks and sucks and doesn't stop. Like a tick. Anybody love ticks? I hate ticks. They're disgusting. They get on... You should see them on a dog, and they're like that big. You're like, what in the world, man? Have you not had enough? How, how far can you expand, right? That's how the, that's how the world is, right? It's, that's that's the, the thinking of the world. What can I latch on to and suck it dry? The leech has three daughters. You know what the three daughters' names are? Give, give, give. Give to me. Give to me, 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 give to me. What can I take from you for me? Paul says, let's stop that. Don't, don't do that anymore. But, but let's, let's work. So not only we can take care of ourselves so you don't have to. Like I'm thankful for all people who work and can take care of themselves so I don't have to take care of them. I got three at home that don't work at all and I got to take care of them. I'm just kidding. They're, they're very helpful. Not because of me, because Joy makes them, man. She's like a, she's like a chore. They're like, mom's gone for the day. Whew. Dad's home. Work so that you can give. Think, 
We think give, we think bless, we think serve, which is, which is in line with what Jesus taught us. Um, I'm run, running out of time. What is it, 29? Verse 29. Uh, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for the building up of others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Think, think, uh, think build up. Think encourage. Think strengthen. Think spur one another on. Allow the Holy Spirit to help so that nothing comes out of our mouth that, that tears down and destroys. Right? We are, we, are, we are as people equipped with the ability in our mouths to, to bring life and death. Out of the mouth comes life and death. But in Christ Jesus, our mouths should, should change and shift and transform to where it's not cursing and blessing, but blessing that comes out of our mouths. The Holy Spirit can help us here so that, so that the, the words coming out of our mouths strengthen and encourage and build up and, and unite. Think, build up, spur on, encourage, strengthen. What can I do to help my brothers and sisters in Christ become those whom God has called them to be? That it may Helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Uh, Verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Interesting that that follows this verse, right? There's so much of what comes out of our mouths and and what we do uh, in regard to one another that, that can grieve the Holy Spirit. You think he's grieved when we tear each other down, grieved when, we, when, we, uh, when we're not building one another up and, and encouraging one another and spurring one another's on towards love and good deeds. What are we at, 31? All right, 31, uh, think, think lay down uh, instead of hold on. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander along with every form of mouse. Let's... Let that stuff go. Let's lay it down. Let's get rid of it. These are all interesting. Most of these things right here are things that we want to hold on to. Right? We want to hold on to bitterness. Let's not do that. We want to, we want to hold on to anger. Right? Let's not do that. That's, that's why earlier we saw, you know, you know, deal with anger before the sun goes down. Right? As husband and wife, I'm not saying you've got to stay up all night dealing with the problem. Right, Joy and I don't do that. You know, we say like, "Hey, you know what? I'm not mad anymore. I love you." Uh, and I know we got some stuff to talk about. Let's let's sleep on it and talk about it uh, in the morning. And you know, I love you, and and you know, forgive me, and all those all those things. And and then we will deal with it after we've had some sleep, which is usually helpful for me. Uh, I'm I'm better at letting things go when I'm not tired and hungry. So get, get, rid of, get rid of bitterness, get rid of age, get rid of anger, rage, get rid of anger, right? Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, let him have it. Uh, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Uh, then, then verse 32, uh, it ends here, and, and so will I. But being kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Uh, 
Think forgive as I have been forgiven. That I'm going to forgive others the way that God has forgiven me. If there's anything that we need to hear when it comes to uniting and coming together in relationship, it's this. Forgive each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. It, it lines up with the way that Jesus would teach. Right? In, in John 13, Jesus, Jesus got down and served his disciples by washing their feet. And when he explained it to them, he said, he said what I've done, this is what I want you to do. I want you to serve one another the way that I have served you. And then he says, a new commandment I give you at the end of John 13, he says that you are to love one another, right? But not with worldly love or even love that you've seen from others. He said, but you are to love one another the way that I have loved you. He says, love the way you've seen me love. Take me as your example. And now here again, we see this, that we are not to just forgive, but we are to forgive one another the way that in Christ God has forgiven us. And maybe more than anything else, this will help us to unite and come together in Christ Jesus because the body of Christ united together Every supporting ligament in love doing its work grows and builds itself up. And we mature and lives are changed and transformed and we grow in the faith and in maturity and in the knowledge of Christ Jesus. We have been given a gift. It is the gift of one another. We've been given a gift, the gift of of possible togetherness. We can unite and come together. It's possible. We've just got to abandon the thinking of the world and, and think the mind of Christ. Think the mind of Christ. Let's pray together. I was wondering if we still have time. I think we do. We've got four or five minutes here. I wonder if you would just come up front with me and just gather here at the altar. And if you're able, if you're comfortable, maybe there is a little light music that we can. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. It's good to come together. You can just lay hands on each other. You don't have to hold hands or anything like that. But Thank you, Jesus. You just pray for one another. One of the things that I didn't state that maybe I should have, and state it right here, it's powerful just to pray for one another. Not only to pray together, but just to pray for one another. Lord, we are here at the altar together. We've got hands laid on each other. And we just pray a blessing over one another. And Lord, we thank you for this picture of unity here 
I pray this would always be our reality at Life Change Church. And we pray that you would move in your church all over America and the world and that you would bring us together in unity and we would connect with one another and we'd recognize the gift that we are to one another. Lord, we pray right now for each and every one of us that you would help us to, to lay down the mind and thinking of this world and to have the mind of Christ. That we would think, forgive as you have forgiven. That we would think, bless and serve and give. That we would think, trust and be trustworthy that we would think be Holy Spirit-led and not self-led, that we would look at each other and think, I need them, they need me. How can I encourage them? How can I build them up? How can I help my brothers and sisters in Christ become who you have called them to be and spur them on to the good things that you have for them? Help us, Lord. Every day, help us, Holy Spirit. We need you in this to build each other up, to encourage one another, to unite with one another. Bring us together as a church. Bring every home and family uh, together. Uh, just rebuke and come against the, the, the strategy of the enemy to divide. Lord, Lord, bring that to an end, we pray in Jesus' name. And let there be togetherness and unity. Let us be the answer. To your prayer, Lord Jesus, in John 17, that we would be one, that we would be united, that we would be together as you and the Father and the Spirit are together as one. We glorify you and we exalt you. We bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Love each other, bless each other, pray for one another, and encourage one another, your gifts to one another. God bless. Uh, have a great Sunday.